for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Ted Nguyen, who covers the NFL and film analysis for The Athletic about the upcoming NFL draft. There is no clear-cut number one pick. There is a strength at one position at wide receiver in this year's draft. We'll talk about that as well as what the 49ers could get for Debo Samuel if they decide to trade him on draft day. All that and more with Ted Nguyen, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, April 27th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Ted Nguyen. He covers football in the NFL in general for The Athletic. Uh, He's kind of our film study guy. Good time to have him on. Talking about the draft, of course, coming up this week, as well as uh, what's going on with Debo Samuel of the 49ers. Uh, Ted, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. Just, you know, in the weeds of draft season, we're almost here. So, um, yeah, yesterday I got a I was trying to spend some time with my girlfriend. I was watching film while getting a pedicure next to her. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, this is probably the first time somebody's ever watched film of uh, prospects while getting a pedicure. I will confess, I have sat with my girlfriend getting a pedicure, uh, which, by the way, don't sleep on the uh, the joys and the pleasures of oh, a pedicure. Oh, yeah. That thing feels good, especially when you're done, man. You can rub your feet up against each other and not feel like you could strike a match off of it. But I've sat there and I've watched baseball and basketball before in the chair, too. So good time to uh, to sort of relax and, and let your mind go while you're uh, you're watching film. So before we get into a little bit of the draft, I wanted to ask you just about uh, the Debo Samuel situation for the 49ers. I, I just think it's funny that in terms of, of him wanting out of San Francisco or him wanting to leave the Niners and, and a lot of people are pinning this on the idea that maybe he doesn't want to run the ball as many times as he did last year, that he'd rather set up as a wide receiver, which for the longevity of himself and probably for, for contract purposes, that's a good thing for him. What's interesting about that is the running ability out of the backfield is what makes him so valuable. If the 49ers were to trade him, what do you think the value is for this guy? Is it multiple first rounders? Is it first and second rounders? Do you have to get a receiver back as well? I know the Jets are a team kind of involved in those uh, those discussions. What do you make of this situation with Debo and what is his value as we head into the draft well i can't imagine it's more than Devonte adams who got traded for a first and second round draft pick i think Debo's younger but i, I think it's hard to put him quite at that class of a Devonte adams even though he, he could get there i mean he you know he is one of the best weapons in the nfl so i, I would think maybe a first round draft pick will get it done maybe a second with some you know another player and and a few more draft picks because you still have to pay Debo Samuel. That's going to be the thing that does lower his value is that, you know, when you do trade for him, you're going to have to give him a market resetting contract. I think some people might think, you know, you get two firsts or, or whatever for Debo Samuel. But I just don't think that with the fact that you have to pay him, that teams are going to pay a huge premium to get him. But I, I still think, you know, you could get a first round draft pick and maybe a second and some other draft picks or another player maybe. I just can't believe we're in the uh, in a situation where the, the 49ers could enter 2022 uh, to start the season, and Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the roster, and Debo Samuel could yeah, not that's be insane. on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Some heads are going to explode in Santa Clara. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the draft. This is one of those years where I don't know that there's a clear-cut number one. The Jags have the number one pick again, but there's no Trevor Lawrence going uh, at the number one spot this year. Obviously, last year was a, a big quarterback draft. This year, it looks like it's it's sort of offensive line, uh, edge rusher heavy in the, uh, in the top part of the draft where do you come down on the I don't want to say consensus number one pick because I don't know that there is one is it Aiden Hutchinson uh, is it Trayvon Walker is it Kayvon Thibodeau who's the edge rusher you like most and where do you come down on the top of the draft yeah I mean for me I like Thibodeau best because I just love his ceiling I love that first step I think with Hutchinson you can't go wrong you're gonna get a guy that is gonna challenge for double digit sacks every year 
has a you know really high floor just as far as his production and his you know his, his size and his ability to move at that size but I just don't think that you have the ceiling of Thibodeau and if you're talking about a guy that is purely a gamble that you know that you want to gamble on all his raw talents Trayvon Walker is another name that's being mentioned as a possible number one pick uh, but when you look at Walker's production, it, it, it's pretty scary to pick a guy that high with that low production. If he were to be the number one pick, you know, I think Mina Kimes tweeted this, he would be the highest edge rusher ever to get picked with that low amount of sacks. That's a huge projection for, for Walker. But, you know, there's a lot of buzz, go, you know, buzz around the NFL that he could be the first pick for the Jaguars. I'm not some film expert, and uh, and evaluating this stuff is not my expertise. But when I look at Aiden Hutchinson, he looks like he's a guy who obviously has a skill set. He has good footwork, they talk about. They talk about his hand placement being good. But he doesn't strike me as a guy who's explosive when I watch the tape or when I watch the highlight reels or when I watched him play last year. What do you make of him as a player? And is he a guy whose skill set will translate to just about any team? Is he one of those guys who can, just, who can step in and, and blow up games? Or do you think he's going to have to be specific to help somebody else or to be opposite somebody? who's going to make him more effective, a la a guy like Nick Bosa, who's obviously an absolute freak, but when guys are playing opposite him, when he's got edge rushers on the other side or guys moving the pocket for him, it makes him all that much better. What kind of player is Aiden Hutchinson and what's his ceiling? I think when you're looking at the number one pick and you're considering Aiden Hutchinson, you, you have to think that he has the potential to be a, a number one rusher. And, you know, I, you know, maybe comparisons are guys like, I don't think he's quite athletic as Nick Bosa, but you know maybe Joey Bosa with the heavy hands. But with him, though, I think he has a really high floor. So if, worst case scenario, I just don't see him as a bust. Maybe he could be a number two rusher, but you have to believe that he has the potential to be a number one rusher. But it's just not as sexy as Thibodeau or or Walker, who you know has electric first step. His first step is still really good, but when you look at Thibodeau's, it's special. He doesn't have the range uh, as far as size goes. He's not quite as long as Thibodeau either. Thibodeau's kind of that rangy sort of long defender. When we talk about QBs this year, what's interesting about this is so many teams took quarterbacks in the first round last year. And now they're back up near the top again. Like teams like uh, the Jags, obviously number one, take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets got uh, got uh, Zach Wilson last year. They have the number four and the number ten pick this year. The Lions are out there. The Texans are out there. Teams that could be looking at a a new starting quarterback in the next few years. We look at the class of twenty twenty three, and that's a more stacked quarterback draft class. Where do you think the quarterback market goes in this draft? What happens with guys like Malik Willis and uh, and and is he a reach? I mean, these guys sort of pop up sometimes around pro day time, scout time, combine time, and they sort of rise up draft boards. A lot of people haven't seen him play. What do you make of this draft class for the quarterback position? Yeah, this draft class is definitely one of the, the weaker draft class that we've seen in a while. I gave Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati a late first round draft pick just because I really love what he does in the drop back game. I love how aggressive he is in drop back game, but there's some issues with his accuracy. Although he's athletic, he ran a four or five. He's not a guy that wants to run and, and use that athletic ability. You, you know, for him to run, you really have to put him in the option game and kind of force him to run. He, he, he wants to stay in that pocket. But I just really love what he does from a mental perspective. Uh, I think he's really mature. You can plug and play him. Uh, so I gave him a, alert, a late first-round draft pick. Malik Willis is the guy that will probably go first and has the potential to go in the, the top 10. But I gave him a second-round draft grade. Even though you know you love his potential, he's, he, he's short, six foot, doesn't use the middle of the field at all, has a long way to go as far as progression. I think he's more accurate than people give him credit for. And 
as soon as he enters the NFL, he's going to have a top five uh, type of arm. So I think that's why people love him so much. And I think in the draft class where you have guys that don't have super high ceilings, you know, you would rather gamble on the guy with the huge ceiling, even if it's a swing and miss. So I, I think for Willis, he has a really low floor, which could be scary. But I would rather gamble on a guy to be a complete miss with that type of upside rather than try to go with a guy that you know might have a high floor and you get kind of stuck in court quarterback purgatory for for a while with the you know maybe type of eleven to fifteen range type of quarterback that is going to be hard to win Super Bowls with. Sounds like you said everything but Jimmy Garoppolo. There, <laughs> you, uh, you don't want to get stuck in quarterback purgatory. In terms of the uh, the best position or the the most stacked position in this draft, what do you have as the uh, the position to have the most players drafted or to get the most success? Is it wide receiver? Is it DB? Where are you looking at this year? Yeah, I think wide receiver this is another really strong class of wide receivers. You don't have the super high top-end talent like a Jamar Chase, but you have five or six guys, maybe even seven guys that could get drafted in the first round and just really strong depth throughout the draft. And a position that I really studied in the last few days were uh, the safety position. And I was just really surprised with how much good talent there is uh, at safety that you get throughout the first to uh, middle rounds, maybe, you know, even a couple sleepers in, a, in the late round. And, you know, I think with the league going to more too high type of coverages, safety is not going to be a premium position ever, but there's going to be more of a need for guys that could play deep and be versatile. And I, I think this is a really good draft to get one of those guys. Everybody gets a, a, like a draft day crush, guys you fall in love with on tape or people you start watching throughout the offseason getting ready for the draft. Who's your draft day crush? Who's your favorite guy you've seen on tape? I really like Dax Hill from Michigan. Uh, safety with the uh, first, second round draft grade. He's a little undersized, six foot under 200 pounds. But his closing ability, his first step is really special. It, it reminds me of Buddha Baker. Buddha's a really, he's probably, Buddha's smaller than him. He's one of the smallest uh, guys, but his ability to close is, is what makes him so special. And, and this guy has one of the fastest first steps that I, I've seen of any, any player in this draft. He has the ability to cover in a nickel. They had him covering elite slot receivers from the nickel. They, they had no hesitation doing that. So I just think the combination of his ability to close in zone and his ability to play man on, man on different slot receivers uh, makes him a really intriguing prospect. And also, even though he's undersized, he's not scared to mix it up with the big guys. Like He'll run into a tackle full speed, and I just have a soft spot in my heart for those type of guys. Everybody falls in love with somebody every year. Yeah. <laughs> you, you start watching tape, you're like, I like this guy. This guy's going to be a ball player, man. Uh, one more before we let you go, just because he's one of the more uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, fun players to talk about. Matt Areza, the punter from San Diego State, averaged over 51 yards a punt That's last insane. year. That's insane. It's unbelievable. These punts were nuts, too. The video of him, if you haven't seen him, go check him out. Just YouTube him. He's hilarious. Uh, the, the leg this guy's got. How high can a punter get drafted? I mean, we're not looking at some Sebastian Janikowski first-round draft pick here, but... I'd imagine he's still a day two guy. What are we looking at for Matt Areza from San Diego State? Hey, man, d don't discount the first round for a punter. It's happened, <laughs> it's happened, before. It's happened before, right? Am, am I mistaken? I don't, Shane I don't know. Is, is Shane Leckler drafted high? Was Leckler a first rounder? I'll, I'll do the research for okay. you while you, uh, you tell me about Matt. <laughs> Anytime you have a guy that can punt 51 yards and you know it would make him one of the best distant punters in the entire league as soon as you draft him, I think there's going to be some intrigue around him. So maybe not first round, you know, but I, I think 
one of these guys, you know, one of these special teams coaches going to get in the ear of the GM and uh, maybe he gets drafted in the second, third round, which seems really high for punter. But, you know, I think uh, coaches um, believe in the importance of special teams and, and this guy changes the field position for you. It might really matter. Uh, so no, Shane Leckler was a fifth rounder. Oh, okay. I, I did. Uh, I did some uh, some quick research here. Brian Anger of the uh, of the Rams was drafted in the third round, seventieth overall, back in the two thousand twelve draft. He became the highest drafted punter uh, since Todd Sauburn was selected fifty sixth overall in nineteen ninety five by the Jaguars. So uh, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, so, and this guy's I, better I, than Anger. So you there know, you go. it could yeah. be a second rounder. Yeah, could, could be. Ted, it's always fun catching up, man. Appreciate the time. And uh, when we get into training camp and uh, uh, we get closer to the start of the season, we'll catch up again, man. Thanks so much. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff from Ted Nguyen. Always does a great job with his uh, his draft analysis and film analysis. And some brief research by uh, our producer, Brian Smith. He looked it up. Ray Guy drafted in the first round as a punter for the Oakland Raiders back in 1977. And according to, uh, to a note here that we found, Ray Guy's longest punt ever, 74 yards. So the punt god, Matt Areza, has a, has a little bit of distance to catch up to the first round pick of Ray Guy back in 1973. Thanks to Ted Nguyen. Thank you to Brian, my producer, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. On Friday, we'll get into a little Nationals baseball with Kevin Franzen as the Giants and the Nats get ready for another series. Giants outscored the Nats 24-6 in their sweep of Washington last weekend. All stuff we can talk about for this weekend with Kevin Franzen, who will join us later this week. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Friday.